Hi, and welcome to the Survivor Spiritual Guide to Trauma Recovery, your place for mental, emotional well-being and freedom for the legacy of trauma. Whether that trauma be childhood trauma or ancestral trauma, this is your place to come and learn all about trauma recovery and what healing looks like through the spiritual lens. I'm your host, Tony owner, operator, and founder of thetraumadoula.com. And if you are ready to start your trauma recovery journey, you are in the right place. Thank you so much for being here. And let's get right into the episode. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome to the channel. Welcome here. I don't know. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you've been, but I'm glad you've made it here. Uh, my name is Tony. I'm the trauma doula and host of your spiritual guide to trauma recovery. This is the place where I talk about healing and in a spiritual way. And I hope that you can set your ego aside and recognize feeling spiritual healing and spirituality in general as something so much deeper than crystals and incense and all of that stuff. Those things are amazing. Those things are great. I love incense. I love crystals. But at the same time, that is not all that it is. As a child, was it okay for you to play? <laughs> was it okay for you to be present in joy or did you find that the adults in your life almost seem to be irritated by your very joy your happiness that was the times where it felt like you were least wanted if so you're on the right episode here it goes when play wasn't okay, it often builds this sense of anxiety, this deep well, if you will. It builds this idea that your joy and your happiness were unacceptable. And many, many people have experienced this at some point in their life where them just being joyful was punished, abandoned, not accepted. And when this happens, it's really painful. And we can find ourselves being okay with being a little less than joyful and not accepting joy and being almost scared to feel happy. And that's no way to live. Playing is the work of childhood. Playing is the work of childhood. Playing shows you your limitations. Playing shows you where you can go and how you can do it and the ways you can move your body and the way you can be present with other people. Playing can show you your gifts. 
There are so many people that are deeply gifted and didn't get the opportunity to play and losing touch with who they really are because of that. So before we get into it, you'll see me looking down a little bit. I'm looking at my notes because I like to give the information that I actually wrote down. That needs to happen. So as we get into it, you're going to see me looking down at my notes. I'm looking down at my notes because I need to give accurate information, all right? And I cannot remember everything all the time. So I had this moment of recognition about the ways in which as adults, our own inner children are completely shut down, completely shut off, completely inaccessible to most of us. And the reason that this is concerning, it's not just concerning, but it's also really sad because our inner child is our access to our truth, our fun, our lightheartedness, our simplicity, our presence, but not just any presence, the presence of self that is okay with just being in the moment exactly as you are, not masking, not hiding, simply existing. And when we lose access to that, we lose access to everything that comes from that. Again, our gifts, our magic, our joy, sometimes even our caring, all gets shut down when we abandon our inner child. And the inner child must play. So if you know already that you struggle with this and this is something that you're going to need support with, I have a free guide to recovering and healing the inner child. It's going to be in the description box below. So go ahead and get that um, today. It's completely free. Now, I, I was at the water fountain the other day and it's like 100 and some odd degrees in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why, but it's a hundred and some degrees. There's no AC. So, you know, I went to the, the fountain, the city fountain at the waterfront. And I noticed all the kids running and playing in the water. They're going back and forth. They're screaming. They're, they're just, you know, excited and playful and having fun as kids should be. But the thing that I noticed that made me go, hmm, Wow. A lot of shut down inner children here is every adult that was present was on the sidelines sitting with their shoes on they wouldn't put their feet in the water not only that all their faces were completely frozen almost like they were scared and I said, huh, that's odd. That's a lot of inner child wounding. That's a lot of inner child fear. That's a lot of inner child sadness right there. Because when you're in the presence of something that you lack or something you admire, it's going to come out in here. It's going to come out right here. It's going to come out in your eyes and in your heart and in your soul. 
and it's going to be written all over your face. Especially for somebody like me who's like, you know, I see things, right? So I'm just watching as all these adults sitting around with these kids having the time of their lives, frankly. These kids were just in so much joy. And I couldn't help but notice how sad most of the adults looked, how frustrated they looked, how irritated they looked. And I thought, being surrounded by so much joy and you're not e- you don't even crack a smile, not even a smile. That's the shutdown in your child. Notice how you react to people when they're happy, excited, playful. Notice how you react. And you will begin to notice what your inner child is doing. So when play isn't okay, play, the interesting thing about play, the very interesting thing about play is it's actually one of our polyvagal states, you could say. Um, If you're not familiar with polyvagal theory, you will be in a few moments. But it's one of our states. It's a natural expression of being alive and being human. So when we talk about polyvagal theory, and this is going to sound a little scientific, uh, we're talking about the autonomic nervous system. Ooh, fun words, right? But we're talking about your nervous system. If you've heard fight, flight, freeze, then you understand some parts of polyvagal theory and the autonomic nervous system. And it's responsible for a lot of things that are um, involuntary, like breathing, sweating. You don't have to think about sweating, right? You just sweat. You don't think about breathing to like stay alive you just breathe most people anyway i'm sure there's some people that like you know i don't know there's all kinds of weird diseases who knows but most people don't have to think about breathing to breathe okay so that's what i mean by involuntary so rest digestion um breathing and and all those things so if you notice trauma survivors a lot of times they'll say their stomachs always hurt and they have problems with digestion because your autonomic nervous system controls all of that. And that is the system that gets completely thrown out of whack when we experience trauma, when we experience those things, right? So we have a couple of different states that we exist in. We have dorsal. Now, dorsal is usually a state of feeling down depressed, sad, uh, right? That's that state. It's the freeze. Do nothing. Be still. So when we talk about going into freeze, that could be one of your trauma responses. A lot of times we have a trauma response that is normal and natural for us to go into, and it can be different for each person. So there's dorsal, there's sympathetic, that's fight or flight. You're either going to be fighting somebody or you're going to be running away. That means your system is going to ramp up and up and up and up. And the anxiety is going to build until you do something. 
whether that's fighting somebody or running away. Okay. And then there's the thing that everyone's trying to get to. You can say it like that, which is ventral, vagal, which is the play state. And that's the state of being that is usually stripped from us when we don't get to play in childhood, when we don't get to be ourselves, when we don't get to be present, available, open, playful, right? Now, and this is, people call it the social engagement, um, and you'll feel calmer and things like that. So the interesting thing about sympathetic, which is the fight flight, and ventral vagal, which is play, is that they almost feel the same. I say the sympathetic, which is the anxiety, and play, which can be excitement. They're a similar feeling with two different perspectives. And so oftentimes, when we're healing our inner child and we're doing this work, we can get a lot of anxiety and we can be stuck in that anxiety until the perspective and the vagal toning shifts back to play and you can engage in your play, um, in your social engagement. So start to think about those things as you move forward with working on and healing your inner child that sometimes you get stuck in dorsal, which is that depression, that sadness, that downness, just freeze, just nothing. I can lay on the couch and do nothing ever. That water is too far away. It's in front of me, but it's too far away. Right? The fight or flight, which is the sympathetic, you can get stuck there as well, which is that anxiety, that free-floating anxiety that's always there. And we can get stuck there. And then the ventral vagal, which is our social engagement, that place where we want to play, where we want to go out, have fun, do things. And a lot of times there's a lot of shame wrapped around feeling calm, feeling playful. Because again, in a lot of ways, we've been shut down in our childhoods and, and beyond. Get serious. Grow up. What does that mean? Stop being playful. <laughs> stop having fun. A lot of times if that's what it means. Stop being playful. Stop having fun. Why are you so happy? Right? But... That is our natural state, one of them. So, I think something that's interesting about this is when we talk about the polyvagal theory and we talk about dorsal, sympathetic, and ventral vagal, what I like to call them is your North Star. Your North Star is the thing you're focused on. Your North Star is the thing that you're actually have your perspective shifted towards. And so sometimes our North Star is in survival. And when our North Star is in survival, we're trying to figure out, we don't have to figure anything out. Our body takes care of what needs to be done, right? You don't have to figure out if you need to freeze, right? It just does it. It's just like the breathing. It's just like the digesting. 
It's just like everything else. It's a natural and normal occurrence. Your autonomic nervous system is a natural and normal occurrence because sometimes we had to run for bears. <laughs> and, you know, you know what happens if you get caught by the bear. Don't get caught by the bear. Right. So your autonomic nervous system takes over and it takes care of you. And that is a beautiful thing. It takes care of you. It decides your North Star. But at a certain point, your North Star can get shifted towards always being in dorsal, down, depressed, or always in sympathetic, anxious, afraid. And you can forget that you can have a North Star that's ventral, vagal, playful, calm. And so, remember... You have three North Stars. You can get stuck with a North Star of anxiety because it's practiced. Because you've made those ruts, those grooves in your brain that keep it going. And when play isn't okay, play is one of your North Stars. It's natural and normal when play isn't okay and you get stuck. You're going to get stuck in one of the two. And so you have to take back that inner child healing, that inner child light, and move forward with accepting that you're allowed to feel calm, you're allowed to feel playful, you're allowed to feel joy. You are allowed to have those things. Again, again. Because you are more than you know. You are more than you could ever imagine. You can change. You can heal. You can recover. Because that is also natural and normal. It's been a time. Have a day. Bye. If you're here at the end of this episode and you got something from it, please leave a like, share it with two of your friends and fellow survivors, or go ahead and email me and tell me what you liked about it and what else you want to hear on the show. Additionally, sign up for the email newsletter as that's the place where I have the most updates and just so much more goodness than is presented here in the podcast. If you find yourself ready to take that next step into trauma recovery, click on the link below and you can work with me personally on your next steps. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful rest of your week.